Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Everybody, just jamming out here until a Dr. Homebrew intro. Don't mind us. That's a snappy little ditty. That's not bad, huh? Full of tones and notes and stuff. Some guy and another guy. Start with a J. It might. I don't know. Brian, why don't I have you? Oh, God. You know what I realized? You guys are going to have to share a mic. Uh-oh. Because uh, we... You're, uh, all of these. Because uh, we are still waiting on our shipment from GABF. So, yeah. Sorry about that. I didn't... Um... So so me and Brian can be singing harmony in this mic here today, huh? Yeah. And I would text uh, Justin to, let, to uh, see if there's anything I can do during the break, but... I broke my phone today, so I have no phone, you have no mic, Lee, and uh, it's just one of those things. I could have brought you a mic. I have like three of them in my garage. Well, it's a mixer. Oh. We we're missing this mixer issue going on here. Oh, lack of equipment. I see it. <laughs> There's a big hole where the mixer used to be. The, the, the BN is lacking in equipment here today, huh? We are. How, we are. How, you left it on the road, huh? God. Well, and we and we it's we always the story. We left the or they I because I didn't get to go to GBF this year. They left the uh, USB ca- extension cable for the other camera, so it's this the foam cam is the only camera that we have right now. Bastard. And um, yeah. It's a great day. It's a great day here in the Dr. Homebrew BN Network Studios. Yeah, we're still recovering from the BN shutdown. Right? Government. Here, I can turn that off. That's, so that won't confuse me. Okay. Less knobs to turn. We'll have like a perfect technical show other than the mic issue. Yeah, other than that, other than the major thing going on, uh, everything will be fine. Uh, anyway, welcome to Dr. Homebrew. You guys don't want to hear about our faults and flaws here on the show you want to learn about good homebrew and i tell you what this is the show to do it on this is dr homebrew we'd like to thank our sponsor uh for without our sponsor we wouldn't be here we wouldn't be here missing mixers and we wouldn't be here talking about broken phones our sponsor five star you can get all of your cleaning needs met from fivestarchemicals.com ask for them at your local homebrew supply store they are pbw they are the handsome men and women behind Five Star, uh, not Five Star, Stan, Sandy Clean, IO Star. You can also go to fivestarchemicals.com. You got boots and gloves and all sorts of safety equipment, too, because uh, when you're dealing with all, the, all that kind of stuff, safety is paramount to your beer. You are number one in your own life. You got to realize these things, folks. So if you need some safety gear, go to fivestarchemicals.com. If you go to your homebrew shop and they go, oh, here's this, like, cleaner this powder that it's it's fine just you know you don't need any sanitizer it's all in one it's not all in one you should slap them and then leave before they get your license plate number so you don't get sued uh because it's not you need to clean stuff before you sanitize it ladies and gentlemen so five star chemicals they will take care of all that for you 
Um, also, if you are listening to the show, which obviously you are, and you want to learn more about the beers that we're talking about here, we're going to be talking about in a minute, go to Brewtoad. Brewtoad.com slash Dr. Homebrew. They are a lovely sponsor of ours. Uh, they are hosting not only all of our shows, but they're hosting all the recipes that we talk about, as well as the high-quality digital scans. I don't know if you guys knew that you can actually, now you can scan things in uh, digitally. Whoa. Yeah, dude. it's pretty cool, right? As opposed to non <laughs> Digital scanning. Anyway, they have all the sheets of the BGCP score sheets that Brian and Lee uh, fill out here tonight. So if you want to check those out and compare along with the recipe and listen to the show and kind of do this whole interactive thing, brewtoad.com slash Dr. Homebrew. Uh, what is Brewtoad? That's a very good question. Let me tell you. Brewtoad is an online web-based software for brewing. It's a, a repository also. You, you create a little account. It's free. You load in all your recipes in there. You can import them from other uh, from other um, uh, softwares, and uh, there's nothing really hosted on your machine. It's all web-based, all the cloud, I guess, is what the kids call it these days. And uh, you can even search. So if you're searching for uh, a goes or whatever, and no one in, in your homebrew club, I don't know what that is, uh, you can go to bruto.com and search for that. And you can flag stuff by brewers. If you find a, a, a brewer that you actually really like the recipes, you can bookmark them or whatever and find all their recipes and you can brew the same thing with their notes and it's a whole it's pretty pretty cool community they got going over there so check them out bruto.com and if you want to go to dr homebrew section it's slash dr homebrew we've also been informed that very few amphibians were harmed in the making of that website very few (laughs) there was one maybe two that was skinned but whatever i don't know um all right in case you're new to dr homebrew uh, this is our i think 13th show lucky 13 or is it no i don't know maybe what are we on we, we're like relying on you to keep track of this oh God, i don't even know where but i, I am think it was today. right about now last year we did like the pilot episode of this <laughs> you're probably the first, right the first one so yeah it's it's about a year it's yeah a year, i think something like that um and uh in case you're new to this and this is your first show what the point of dr homebrew is i'm going to tell, tell you us what is the point thank you very thank you very much for asking me uh i need to know <laughs> It's a little late to be asking now. Uh, if you want feedback on your beer, not only feedback, but if you want interactive feedback, uh, send us your beer. You email me at jp at com, and you send me your beer, and then I send it to Brian and Lee, my cohorts over here. They are BJCP master judges. And what they do is they sit down, they write their little notes, and they go, okay, this thing is this, and this thing is this, and multi and hoppy and whatever whatever you do, whatever judges do to make you happy. And then uh, we get you on the line, and we all talk about it. So... We don't. You don't just read your score sheet and go. I don't know what any of this junk means. How do I do the stuff that they that they ask me to do? Well, you can ask them that, and it's kind of an interactive whole little thing we got going on. So um, it kind of alleviates that time where you go. Eh, I don't. It's just not possible to get the amount of feedback I'm looking for. I want to sit down with someone, and I want to. I want you know. Here, you drink my beer, and you tell me. Take. Let me get an hour of your time. Well, you know, you get 15 minutes on the show. Pretty good. 15 seconds of fame. <laughs> anyway, that's what we do. So, uh, like I said, my, my friends over here are Brian and Lee, BGCP Master Level Judges. We're here to provide all the help and feedback that they can, which is a lot. Let me tell you, these guys uh, these guys know what they're talking about. So, what beers do we have today, guys? I heard there's an ESB, English-style uh, pale ale, English special bitter. Yeah, that's a nice, 
nice style. I like to brew some English beers now and then. Get some of that fancy, crisp, floor-malted stuff and go to town with that Maris Otter funness. <laughs> Maris, Maris Otter funness. And then uh, I think we have a pineapple Berliner Weiss, yeah? We do indeed have a Berliner Weiss made with pineapple. Oh, I, I, I'm actually really it's, interested in we're, that. We're, we're going to see how you react to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's both daunting and, uh, and um, pleasurable, I don't know, at the same time. Anyway, it's time for a break. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. I went tired already. Me too. Oh man, I broke so I yeah, so I broke my phone. I I I drop my phone all the time. It's a droid because I'm awesome. And I don't have a screen protector. I don't have anything on it. And I drop it all the time and nothing happens. And then the other day I drop it on a rock. And you can see like the indent on the on the on the screen. Shattered my screen. So I go, I can replace the screen. It's easy, right? You watch the thing, do undo some screws, pop off some glue. There you go. You got your motherboard. You got this whole thing, right? Um, so I did that, and I think I cracked the the LCD like touch thing, whatever. Anyway, so I'm like, you get to the 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 end of this build, and I see in the in the comments of this dude's video that I'm watching, the guy goes, "Oh, well, you're trying to replace just the glass. All you need to do is you heat it up on the outside, and you pull." I'm like, really? So I assemble the whole phone, and it's just bricked. It won't turn on. Won't do anything, and then. My friend Warren goes, uh, well, did you um, discharge any static electricity before touching the inside of the... No, I didn't do any of that because the video didn't tell me to do it, you bearded loser. Anyway, I'm really upset. Should have trusted the professionals like those guys in the mall that you see. Yeah, Yeah, maybe one of those guys hanging out in the street corner could have done a better job. (laughs) Hey, man, check this out. I'll get... Check this out. I don't know. I don't know why <laughs> that sound got like their that. GED, you know, they're, they're good. <laughs> Man, I mean, watching don't these. Don't forget to de-static it first, dude. What, what dude? What, watching these videos, these, they're just going. And then you do this, and then you just pry up the thing. And we use a guitar pick, and you just pry up the thing. And no, I'm man, like, don't watch those guys' videos. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Go with these guys. <sighs> they know. Well, so now my thing is, you know, for eighty bucks, I could have had somebody do it. Uh, it would have given me an hour and a half of my life back, plus my phone. And then I realized, oh, all my photos and stuff probably don't save to my, like, storage card. They're probably all on the phone, which now can't get power, so it's just totally borked. And now you're going to have to, no phone, you're going to have to sit here and drink pineapple Berliner Weiss. <sighs> Should I be excited? I'm not saying nothing. Yeah, that's probably a good What would you expect? Thing. What would you expect seeing somebody give you a beer like that? I would actually expect good things. Really? Yeah, I really would. I was expecting horrible things from beers like that. Yeah? I've had so many fruit beers. They're just head in your palm back. <laughs> but, well, we're, but we're not saying what this is now. We're just going to draw out the You're teasing there. it. You're teasing it. Well, that's a good. Right. That's a good teaser. Let's take a break, guys, and then uh, on the other side, we will come back with more Dr. Homebrew. Stick with us, everybody. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, 
Sand, Santa Clean, Lubricants and Defoamers, pH Stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. This Mosaic Pale Ale from Rebel Brewer is delicious. Yes, I enjoy it too. Wait, did you hear that? It sounds like a Velociraptor. Why would a Velociraptor be here? That doesn't make any sense. He's going for my beer. I'll stop him. Oh, it looks like our frightening friend just has a thing for Rebel Brewer hoppy beers. Rebelbrewer.com has the largest selection of grains on the planet. And if you order before noon, most orders will ship the same day. Two-thirds of the country gets their orders in two days or less. Rebel Brewer, the velociraptor of homebrew shops. Why wait? Quick, flexible, speedy, fast, not slow, and fast, and speedy. Visit rebelbrewer.com today. I'll rip your face off. Oh, and he'll totally do it, too. Visit today at rebelbrewer.com. Downtown Joe's, where everyone is welcome, especially if you like drinking and tasting beer. Head brewer Colin Kaminsky's favorite beers are the Tantric IPA and the Double Secret Probation IPA. But you'll have loads of others to choose from when you redeem your exclusive Brewing Network savings. Downtown Joe's is the best brewery destination and the hottest night spot in Napa. Colin invites all homebrewers and fans of craft beer to stop by and enjoy the great food and beer. Whether you're in the mood for riverside dining, live music, or just hanging out at the bar to meet a person of the opposite sex or a person of the same sex, Downtown Joe's has exactly what you're looking for. And now just mention the Brewing Network to receive a dollar off your beer at Downtown Joe's. That's right, take a dollar off every one of their great selection of craft beers, including the Lazy Summer Wheat, Golden Thistle Porter, and the Triple Dog Dare You. Come to Downtown Joe's and enjoy the laid-back atmosphere of Napa's Best Brew Pub. Visit DowntownJoe's.com right now for current beers, the live music schedule, or to drool over their delicious menu items. Downtown Joe's, your neighborhood brew pub where everyone is welcome. Dr. Homebrew, please report to the ER for code blue. Dr. Homebrew to the ER, please. No, and your tea time has been moved to 2.30. Now back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, everybody, welcome back to Dr. Homebrew. The only place where you are going to find three of the most handsomest men in beer in one room. Uh, there's some in-studio guests that we got. So, <laughs> uh, We should have Drew on the line. Drew, are you with us, buddy? Sounds like a yes, but I don't know if he... He's cracking a beer. Drew, you got us? Hello? Drew. Good. thought he was being eaten by a giant cockroach here. Hello. Are we having the same issue with Skype as we had... Do? Last month. Hello? Hello. Do you hear us? Balls. He's typing you right now. I can hear him typing. This is good radio, isn't it? Yeah. Radio. <laughs> oh, I think I recognize the sound of those keys. Here, someone keeps calling the line. Maybe it's him. Hang on a second. Brewing Network. Hello? 
Right, I don't know what's happening. You have a pleasant phone voice. Drew, I'm going to uh, mess. Oh, you're messaging me. Here we go. I love shows like this. Yeah, he's not hearing me. He's not hearing me. Uh, let's try it again. Drew. Hello. 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 <laughs> we hear you, Drew. Uh, you guys fill some time for a second. I'm going to type him. You, you type him a question about his beer for me? <laughs> How much yeast did he pitch? <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys ask questions, and then I will I will uh, type it to them. And then the guy outside will send some smoke signals. And <laughs> It'll we, just be great. Uh, I do like your uh, Palpatine Vader 12. Oh, you like that? There. That's quite wonderful, yeah. That's the only political party I vote for. <laughs> Not really, but... At least they're being honest. That's right. They wouldn't have shut things down. No, they wouldn't. Okay, here we go. He's going to call in for a second. So uh, let's just jump into his beer. He is listening to us, so um, we can do that, and and he'll just catch up when he calls. Cool. Lee, I'm going to make you start first. If I eh, really won't go much further. All right. (laughs) Playing with the mic here. All right. Well, I contort over to the side here. Um, ESB. ESB is uh, it's a British style, stronger, bitter, pale ale, British pale ale. Um, generally has more malt and hops and maybe some esters, actually quite often more esters than the lower gravity versions of this. And this one pretty well fit that profile. Actually, I got a lot of kind of floral perfumey hops and a lot of esters in this beer in the nose. Very intense ester profile. Um, started out kind of like berries and tropical fruit and almost started smelling like Kool-Aid after a while. Um, but had uh, no some nice caramely malt behind that and a little bit of a uh, hop aroma. Not that intense with the hops, but um, it seemed to be all pretty reasonable for the style. Didn't really seem to have any diacetyl. May- maybe, maybe, maybe diacetyl. Just a whisper. Not much. I couldn't really tell. Um, <clears throat> it's pretty beer. Nice light copper brown color. Nice clarity. Poured a decent white head. Pretty low, but no, that happens with these beers. They're not highly carbonated. This one was a little higher carbonated. Than you expect maybe for a draft version, but it's a bottle version, so those are like that. Um, so it looks looks about right. Um, toasty caramel malt flavors, kind of that strong ester profile again, almost Kool Aid like. Um, very uh, strong berry esters, medium high bittering, a little bit of hot flavor, some sort of tea and rose and old oranges kind of flavors. I'm kind of wondering if it might have been a little aged, but I'm not really sure on that. Um, and it finishes medium to a little bit on the dry side. Um, no. God. Sorry. Hold on. I got to scoot over here a bit, Brian. Um, I can only read at 45 degrees for so long. <laughs> at 45 degree angle. Uh, yeah, where am I and above? No, no diacetyl. Uh, the, the one thing I didn't like about the flavor very much um, is there's a little bit of harshness in the bittering. It wasn't a very clean bittering. And these are pretty bitter beers, kind of surprisingly bitter sometimes, what people would think. But there was just a little bit of a rough kind of sandpapery edge to the bittering in this. And I didn't really like that that much. I think that really is not a good aspect for this. But other, other than that, it was all pretty to style, although the, the ester profile was maybe poking to be a little bit above style parameters in this one. Um, other than that, medium body, medium carbonation, which is probably all right for the bottle versions. Um, not astringent, a little bit drying from those hops. Uh, maybe a little bit of water treatment doing that too. 
Just a touch of alcohol in there, uh, maybe, for some warmth. A little bit of creaminess uh, all seem to style. Pretty easy drinking example of an ESB. All the right flavors are there, I think. You know, also had the right malt kind of profile, the right hops. Uh, the bittering was about right. Um, the balance is very forward on the fruit nesters, but, you know, sometimes they are. This one was at least as high as it needed to be. Um, the bittering seems a little harsh in the finish again. I was thinking maybe that was... Um, Maybe a little too long a boil, like doing a 90-minute boil or a hot variety that wasn't maybe clean enough for doing good good bittering here um, or something else. Or it might have been, just been accentuated a lot by, by a heavy dose of minerals. Not sure. Uh, can't really tell by the flavor what was done, and usually you can't. Um, but other than that, it was fine. The, the other question is, given that it was um, really so estuary, the question we're going to want to ask about is how did he uh, handle his yeast pitch here? So when we get Drew on the phone, we'll want to ask him about that. We got him right here, Drew. We got Drew on the phone. Hey, fellas. How you doing? Good. Uh, Good. You made it. Yeah, man. Sorry about that. Oh, no. no it's not, it, trust me. It's not your fault. Yes. Yeah, that's, it might have been. That's Lee almost ruined our other board. That one was crap. <laughs> well, that's true. So, uh, yeah, so, go, yeah, go, go ahead I, and uh, uh, repeat Do I want to just... Yeah, let's go. So, Drew, a uh, question for you. <laughs> How did you handle the yeast pitch in this beer? Um, well, I used um, the West Yorkshire. Um, I've been trying to make a good ESB for a while, and I heard Jamil say that you can ferment uh, sewer water with it. I figured even I couldn't mess it up. Um, I've had two vi- uh, two smack packs. Have you actually tried to confirm that? Uh, <laughs> that's actually what you're drinking. I'm surprised you couldn't tell. <laughs> oh, now he tells us. Ugh. Yeah, that's that harshness. Uh, yeah, but um, I grew up a starter, um, about 48 hours, you know, to, to get it roaring. Um, and then I pitched it in and uh, oxygen a little bit with O2. Um, how big a batch of beer? Um, ended up being just under 10 gallons, I think, out of the fermenter. So, okay, you know, maybe slightly above 10 on the, on the way in. And you basically doubled a smack pack to pitch it? Yeah. Okay. Well, that should be about the right pitch rate then. Hmm. But uh, I've been, uh, th- using Mr. Malty for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, basically, that's that's about what they're going to tell you is you know one of those things doubled should be about ten gallons of ten fifty ish beer. Although this is a bit on the bigger side, it's ten sixty four. But yeah. yeah. I don't know, Brian. What do you think? I I think the beer was beer was pretty good. Um. So, um Came in a nice swing top grill style bottle there. A nice little pop when we opened it. Um, that's under the comments section of the the bottle. The bottle was filled properly. Um, there was a nice label on it telling us what was there. Anyway, no. Yeah, so the aroma, I got a, a pleasant low kind of earthy floral hop in there alongside a, a pretty gentle caramel malt profile. Um, I did detect a, a slight sharpness in the ester profile too. Kind of, Kind of like... Lee did. Uh, for me, it came across kind of a bright apple note. I almost thought I got a little bit of acetaldehyde in there, too. Just a hint. Um, but um, kind of apple but seemed like a fairly clean ferment. Otherwise, I didn't get any DMS. He did a, a, you know, a nice job of keeping diacetyl out of there, I thought. I didn't detect any any butteriness in it. And, you know, it's it's easy to leave a little bit of that behind in a beer like this. Um, appearance-wise, medium light, amber color with uh, great clarity. Uh, I really did finish bright uh, and a uh, little off-white head that stuck around for a short while. Um, you know, mostly 
larger bubbles collaring the glass at the end there and that, that's okay it it's it's not a you know big bubbly beer where the the head has to stick around for years so that's fine i, I gave it a three for appearance <clears throat> out of three uh the malt on uh, the flavor the malt character is pretty low and caramely uh, i did pick up a kind of a sharp alcohol note in it uh, alongside that a little kind of hot solventy thing in there um and the hops were low and kind of earthy floral pretty pleasant um it seemed to me to be balanced the malt uh the bitterness was up there kind of medium for me but it was a little bit rough um around the edges maybe uh just um it finished pretty pretty dry and um had this kind of malty and a low alcohol thing in the aftertaste which was you know on one hand pleasant and on the other hand a little distracting but again no diastole in the flavor uh you know pretty cleanly fermented nice job there um body wise that had medium light body with some a little bit of uh warmth slight burning in the back of the throat from that that hot alcohol like and that comes from uh higher alcohols and um uh, you know things besides just uh, well ethanol can give you a warming effect but sometimes higher alcohols will really affect you more in the back of the throat you really feel it back there and they can be generated you know a different uh different uh higher slightly higher temperatures sometimes in the fermentation or if your yeast is a little unhappy it might kick out more of that kind of thing or you know if you're not if you're under pitching a little bit but again it doesn't seem like you did that um not um not not really any astringency to pick up in there and and just a you know a bit creamy pretty pleasant that way um so yeah overall it was a, a pretty good attempt at an esb yeah, nice job keeping that that butter out of there and uh the main thing for me was that hint of hot alcohol in there and, and the burning in the back of the throat a little bit i don't forget that too on, on your side there uh drew but just kind of if yeah. i feel it in my chest <laughs> Yeah, and definitely. some beers, you know, hey, you know, if you're drinking an imperial stout or something, that's hey, that's appropriate. You need it should burn a little bit back there, but uh, with an ESB, there, there, you know, you can get a little hint of warmth, I think, but it, you know, not, not to that level. Should be pretty clean, right? Um, but yeah, it seems like you're using pretty good ingredients. Uh, you know, had that kind of English character, uh, and um, looks like on your recipe you said you used Maris Otter malt and uh what was a hop in this one do we is it an ekg thing or um no and i think that might be where um lee was picking up the kool-aid uh i really wanted to get a little bit more fruit out of it so i used calypso hops um calypso. put them in you know as a as a first word hop and then i finished at 15 minutes with willamette to get kind of a little bit closer to that earthy character interesting yeah we saw you used the West, West Yorkshire Ale yeast too, and we saw the. Uh, I was looking at the profile for that too, and it does seem it can push out some kind of stone fruit esters and right. a little nuttiness. But uh, yeah, it's interesting, interesting profile in there. I would say, um, you know, my main suggestion for improvement would be pitching an adequate healthy yeast, you know, vigorous culture from a starter uh, or from multiple healthy smack packs that swell up right away. Um, <laughs> and just watch the fermentation temperature not only the temperature i'd keep it at you know 68 or below but also t- fluctuation if, if you you know control it keep it within a couple degrees but anyway um pretty nice job overall i gave it a 30 so um nice job very good beer yeah just to add a, a couple things um 
I think the main thing for me in this beer, I mean, the, the little harsh and the bittering was, was something you could probably fix. It might have been that hop. I don't know. But between the, the little bit of hot alcohol and the strong fruit, although some of that may be that hops, and the bit of acetaldehydes in there, it actually comes out a lot more if you let the beer sit around for a while. It can get a bit of a green apple flavor. All those things kind of pointed a problem with the, with the fermentation. The yeast might not have been healthy right. enough or had everything it needed. You know, make sure there's like at least 50 ppm of calcium in the water, enough oxygen to get it started. And we, you did that culture. Was it a stir plate or a flat shaker flask? Yeah, it was just a shaker. And um, actually, the the yeast I would ordered um, got here on a really hot day. Sat outside in a bit, and then I, you know, I ended up not being able to brew immediately, and I had it in the fridge for a couple of weeks. So I'm sure that that back and forth. Much. Yeah, getting it hot like that might have knocked it back some. So you might not have had as big a pitch in there as you thought if, if it was half dead. Mm-hmm. That could do it. Yeah, I don't know. If I got a yeast in the mail like that and it was hot, I would consider maybe growing it a couple generations out and counting it or something if you can and, and then, then start from there. But Yeah, that, that, that might have been it. But pretty good beer. Yeah, I gave it a 33. You know, it's definitely pretty much in the parameters. Just uh, a little bit of that ferment issue and a little bit in the harsh edge. Right on. Awesome. Do you have any uh, questions for the guys, Drew? Um, oh, I think the only thing, other thing I was going to ask, um, in terms of the um, fermentation temperatures, I started at 68, held it there for about three days, um, and then I just sort of let it let it finish out. Um, would You know, would... Would that later rise? It only got up to about 71 uh, pretty slowly, but would that later rise cause the higher alcohols, or is that something that happens earlier on? My understanding is mostly that stuff's going to happen earlier on. The later temperature rise sort of really help it just finish out the ferment, but an awful lot of the flavor production that yeast do is going to happen in the first 24 hours or less even of the ferment. So what you're getting for character is probably mostly what came out in that that uh, 68 degree temperature up front. Right on. Yeah, so it sounds like I just need to make sure my health, my yeast is a little healthier going in. That's my guess, considering what you've told us about that yeast. Yeah. Right. That's the right. tough part. Oh, that's, cool. that's the tough part, uh, at least for me, learning how to when I was learning how to brew, and, and even to a certain point now, it's like, but do you? I mean, is it really that important? And uh, it really is. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of yeast. Yeah, I always heard early on. Oh well, be careful because you can overpitch. I don't. I don't even know if that's possible. <laughs> it's pretty hard to yeah, overpitch on a home to brew the point where it's right. going to hurt you. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, all right, Drew. Well, uh, uh, what do you think? Anything else you want to add, or uh, we'll let you go until you go nope. try again? Yeah, no, I really appreciate the uh, the feedback. It was really great. Cool. Thanks for sending beer, man. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Nice, really appreciate nice it. Speaking with you. Have a nice evening. Yeah. Thanks. All right. You have a good. All right, thanks. buddy. Take it easy. There goes Drew. Well, not bad, huh? Yeah. 30s, something like that? Not bad. Pretty decent beer. But but really, yeast yeast can be the hardest thing to control in home brewing. I mean, it can be temperamental. You don't always know how it's handled before you got it, and that can really impact it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's you, you got to keep the temperatures right and the pitch rate and all these things if you really want to get it to perform properly. Um, but you know, even with all that, it fi- it finished out completely. I mean, it's it's a reasonably dry beer. It yeah. didn't totally screw it up. But you know, you get this little bit of heat, this little bit of acetaldehyde, this this strong ester. Although some of that might have been those hops he put in there, but it's you know, it just didn't quite come out right. 
as they say, the brewer makes wort, yeast makes beer. Right. There's yep. something. Yep. There's something to be said for for uh, finding the right. Com- Excuse me, right combination of hops and and yeast and and all that kind of stuff. Everything everything gives a little flavor and plays off each other. So, balance wise, it was okay, yeah. except for a little you know the harshness of the bittering. But uh, if you pulled that back a little bit, got a nice ferment with that same recipe, you'd have a wonderful beer. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Drew, for sending that in. We're going to take another break because we got we got to get paid, and then uh, we're going to be back on with Patrick and the pineapple Berliner Weiss. Stick with us, everybody. Cabs are here. I'm feeling that Melavino mead, yo. We can't be driving nowhere. Damn straight, son. It's a situation up in here. We be straight GTMing. GTM? You know it, baby. Jim, Tan, me. Yeah, buddy. We be meeting all night, son. Hey, what's this Kickstarter thing I see on the Ultranet? Yeah, Kickstarter. It's the best way there is to raise some dollars for new businesses. Kickstarter's gonna help Melavino Mead get all launched up and whatnot. New Jersey Mead for the win. Yeah, yeah. Melovino Meadery needs your help, BN Army. For less than the cost of a tanning session or a bottle of bronzer, you can help make Melovino Mead a reality. And when your girl sees how generous and giving's use is, she'll be out Jersey turnpiking you in no time. Yeah, buddy. Help New Jersey's first official meadery get up and running by making a pledge to their Kickstarter campaign. Melovino Meadery. Wine divine. So go get some of that money you've been saving up for the new kicks and pledge it to Melovino Meadery on Kickstarter. Yo, can't here. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. That's right, it is Dr. Homer, and with us on the line should be Patrick. Patrick, are you there, buddy? Yeah, hey, how are you doing? All right, perfect. How are you guys doing? Or how are you? I'm looking at the other two guys good, good. and going, whatever. It's been one of those nights, man. Hi, Patrick. Yeah, hey, how you doing? All right, so we got uh, Berliner Vice. Let's crack this thing, man. I'm kind of excited. I'm stoked. I love this style of beards. It's not not too many people make it, and not too many. Uh... It's got the great government shutdown cap on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we couldn't open it before the government was reopened, and so now that it is, we're you know it's all right to do. <laughs> not many people do Berliner Weiss. I, I I see it a little bit more often commercially, um, but not a whole lot of folks, homebrew or commercially, are doing a Berliner Weiss. What made you do this one? Um. Well. I'm from Florida, and um, the 
I don't know, Berliner Weisses have kind of taken off down here, and uh, especially fruited ones. Um, they started calling them Florida Weisses, actually, and <laughs> a bunch of breweries, the Cigar City, a um, couple up-and-comers uh, make some really awesome fruited ones. And they actually have a, a uh, Berliner Bash every year where it's just Florida breweries making fruited Berliner Weisses. Um, that's all they serve all day. I can see why you'd want to huh. drink a crisp, refreshing, you know, lightly sour beer like that down there in the summer. You know, yeah, yeah. Even 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 now, we still it's still hot, so it's yeah. still good. God, I, I want I want a, a six pack of Berliner Weiss and a one way Greyhound out of there. <laughs> I can't take it. Yeah, pretty much. I went to, to Florida once for an HC, and it was just like these giant trucks of raindrop. They were just like semi-trucks falling from the sky, and it was like 100 degrees outside. It was weird. It's easy to obtain brewing water there, so look at it that way. Put on a big vat. (laughs) Put on your head and walk around, do your chores. Next thing you know, you got brewing water. For free. All right, Brian. Well, uh, Lee took the brunt of it the first time, so now you're up, man. What do you think of uh, Patrick's Berliner Weiss? So Pineapple we, Berliner Weiss. We've judged this as a, a Category 23 uh, specialty beer because that's basically what it is. Until they put uh, the the Florida fruit fruit, fruit vice in the in the style guidelines, um, looked like a bottle conditioned beer. We you know a little sediment on the bottom, and, you know, yeast and, and a few particles down there, but um, cracked it open and uh, um, you know it poured poured pretty nicely. Um, well, I'll, I'll get to the appearance, but uh, you know in the aroma. Had a nice bright sourness and a, and a pretty clean uh, pineapple note coming through, and just in tandem with each other, you know, um, clean estuary notes, a little kind of sour apple-like smells in there, uh, kind of medium medium high levels of, of esters. The malt was just light and cakey and delicate, friendly, happy. Uh, no hops detected, as there shouldn't shouldn't be any hops in here really. Uh, just barely enough to balance if that so yeah um and and no dms or diastil or any other nasties in there uh just just clean bright from the rice with fruit you know with the fruit the intended fruit um nothing overpowering each other there um pleasant aroma wonderful very uh very pale somewhat hazy straw color had a giant fluffy head that popped up and then it uh just stuck around for a brief while but with a beer like this with all that acid you have going on in here it can it can drop down that's the way it, that's what you would expect and it it rings the, the, the or it uh, kind of coated the edges edges of the glass as it went down and um had kind of chunky moose-like foam remnants kind of in the middle floating in there still uh you know it looks just right for the style I had to give it you know perfect score for appearance um getting into the flavor this has a a, a clean Kind of fresh cut pineapple chunk flavor, you know, like like a pineapple chunk floating in the Berliner Weiss. <laughs> it just sounds yeah. like a Jimmy Buffett song. Yeah. <laughs> we'll work on that. <laughs> um, the, no, I'm just saying the style supports the the fruit flavor really nicely, and and vice versa, the the fruit flavor works really nicely with the uh, style, and it comes through in a fresh way. So uh, that's an element of balance that's hard to get to that where you have that especially with a, a specialty beer and trying to judge the amounts of fruit to put in and you know same thing with meads i make meads a lot and trying to get the fruit to the right level that you want it's it's challenging to get that balance right but uh yeah you hit it here um i thought that the water profile had kind of a lightly minerally kind of almost brackish character but not in a bad way kind of uh <laughs> it fit with the style a little bit kind of 
a little mineraliness with that that bright refreshing sharp uh lightly sharp sourness and um uh, where tumult was clean and subdued, there's no hops to, to speak of there. Uh, just a bright, light, clean, mostly lactic sourness. I didn't get any brat in here. Uh, nothing funky, just pleasant, clean drinking, lightly sour ale. Um, the body was almost medium light, uh, down, but pretty light on the, towards the light side, definitely mm. as it should be, and uh, you know, delicate enough for the style. I'd say, with all that's going on here, uh, that I didn't get any any warmth or astringency. It's just clean and refreshing as you really want with this beer. The, uh, the carbonation was very high as dictated by the style. Uh, it just, it's full of, full of bubbles and, and really drives that flavor through. I don't think it would be the same beer without that. So, um, you know, it's crisp, not very creamy or anything. It's just, it, it's not a beer that should really be that creamy. It's just a crisp, refreshing, drinkable beer that just goes down nicely. So, um, overall impression for this, I, I thought you nailed the balance and the, the fresh pineapple character was really lovely and excellently brewed Berliner Weiss with, with the fruit that you say. I mean, like you hear, like we said earlier, you hear, also, well, I made a, you know, a pumpkin and watermelon hibiscus, uh, you know, Scottish ale. And it's like, you know, you can sometimes you hear styles. It sounds a little <laughs> weird. It's like this one, we heard the, the combination. And we thought that could work if they got the balance right. And it did. So. You know, nice job. Um, I don't know what... I'd be interested to find out what water treatment you did, if any, or what your water's like down there. But um, that was the only thing that was maybe a tad distracting for me. The body could could even be a tiny touch lighter, but it's, you know, I think it's just the perception of the the body is a little heavier with the, the yeast that's in there. It's it's slightly cloudy, and there's a little bit of, little bit of stuff in there. Uh, but yeah, not not distracting at all. I I gave the spear a forty three. I thought it was a really excellent example and a good job of of balance overall. And that's what I look for in a specialty beer. So uh, thank you. Nice job. Thanks for sharing it. But I do want to hear about your water, <laughs> Patrick. You want to wrap up your water a little bit? Um, this is uh, for this batch. I probably didn't do any treatment. Just uh, RO water bought from the store i think i uh am just starting to get into water treatments so i doubt i did anything for this i don't think i'm i brewed it a while ago like three or four months ago so So just straight ro water wow yeah uh what's the what water suggestions would you have in a uh, beer like this to bring out the maybe the acid character or the fruit character i like using wet water personally (laughs) okay (laughs) wet water yeah I think you know it, it should just basically not get in the way of the style, and and it should have enough um, with a beer that's light enough uh, calcium to uh, keep the pH right when you're mashing. But um, you know it seems like everything worked right somehow with what you did. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that's you know part of what made it work. Lee, what do you think? Okay. Well, a three percent beer might not be too big a challenge for the yeast, so they might handle it. Even with a little bit, bit of restraint on the calcium, um, what did I think? You know, I approach this beer kind of with a mixture of interest and fear, because um, <laughs> I've had so many fruit beers that just aren't very good. I've had some that are wonderful; they can be very nice. Um, but you know, when I just think about pineapple and biting into a chunk of pineapple and how pungent it can be, and how it almost puckers up your mouth, it's like, yeah. well, that could be really interesting mixed with a Berliner Weiss. But if they put too much in, it could just be awful. 
And I gotta say, you nailed it. This is really nice. Um, I, I probably won't spend a whole lot of time going over my notes. They pretty much reproduce what Brian said. Um, but what I would say is this is a fairly, it's a nice, lighter version of a Berliner Weiss in terms of the flavor. It's not really sour. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice, nice, delicate lactic character. No bread. Uh, nice, bready, wheat, wheat, well, white bread flavor, malt underneath it, no hops, nothing like that. And just this nice kind of light, low intensity, but definitely there, pineapple flavor along with it. And it works so well against that lactic acidity and that little bit of bready flavor. It's just a wonderful balance. It's completely what you would hope for, having seen, had somebody present you with something like this. Uh, I thought this was really excellent. Um, the one thing I didn't like about it that much was was kind of the body on it. I thought it was actually come across a little bit watery. It's almost too light. Um but to be honest, coming back to it now, I, I it doesn't really even seem that way. So I think I was being a little harsh on that front. Um, <laughs> but uh, I thought this is a really good beer. Yeah, I, I think you did a good job. I'm curious since that's um, I mean, it is a style that's gaining in popularity out here too. You see them once in a while. Is there? Uh, did you consult with any of the brewers making these things down there as to how to handle a recipe on this, or are you just kind of going from a recipe or totally winging it or what? Um, yeah, actually, one of the, um, he did a pilot batch for Cigar City, and uh, his beer kind of blew up, and then he's opening up his own brewery now, and I kind of talked to him a little bit, and I uh, just kind of asked for suggestions on, like, a grain bill, and I ended up with, this basically is a 50-50 split of, um, of Pilsner and white wheat, and then... Um, uh, yeah, that's about it. That's about all he gave me. Uh, he said ferment it with clean, uh, cold, with a cold yeast, um, and then basically just let the, the uh, lactic acid um, do the work, kind of. Interesting. So how did you how did you get the acid balance where it is in this? You used uh, um, lactic acid addition, or you soured it? No, I. Um, this is my probably third batch. Um, I used. Uh, the handful of grain and the lack the the bacteria on that uh, to yeah. kind of sour it. And um, my first trial was I soured it at about 110 Fahrenheit for four days, and it was mouth puckeringly sour. It was way too sour. So the next time I backed off um, about two days at 110 Fahrenheit and got a nice level of sourness, and that's kind of been my baseline from there. But um, yeah, I think this batch actually I used the lacto from grain at room temp, and it took a little bit longer. It took maybe about a week to sour up, and then um, I actually had to add some DME to kind of boost the gravity because uh, as it was making the lactic acid, it dropped the gravity pretty drastically, and I don't think it created the alcohol. Hey, Patrick, can you uh, just real fast you know, explain a little bit more detail about what you mean by pulling the, the lactic off, off the grain just for few folks who don't know about that yeah um so i chose to do i chose to sour my wart not um sour the mash so basically i went through a normal mashing process i got my wart and then i threw in a handful of milled um grain and grain naturally has uh, lacto on it so if you Chuck it in and um, keep it at high temperatures, like around maybe 100 to 120 Fahrenheit, nothing higher than that. It'll kill off the bacteria, mm-hmm. but it'll create a nice, clean, um, 
uh, lactic acid um, at about 110, and uh, so that's kind of what I used. Um, it's kind of a, a, a it's kind of a shortcut of cheat to, instead of using the um, like a white lab vial. It's a quicker uh, ferment. Did you uh, just put it like in a grain bag or? No, just I just put it in. Uh, I, I put it in a bucket and then put it in a temperature controlled chamber. Mm. Um, yeah, it it, I mean, uh, it created some really nasty off flavors like <laughs> garbage, uh, creamed corn, but they uh, they died off eventually and got what you see here. It's, it's a nice clean tart um, lactic yeah. acid. Some of that stuff might be pretty volatile and just gets driven off in the boil. But uh, that is a, that is a nice way to go about it, and uh, it's a good way to keep it in check and not uh, let you know you know throw some rosalia or something in there and let it go completely wild and maybe go a little too far or try to trying to find the right balance on the other side. This way, you you really just cut it off when it's when it's done and and froze the acid content in place, kind of at at the boiling stage, and and uh, you know then ferment it out with your clean colch yeast. Nice, nice job, and that that sounds like you went about it pretty well there. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, did you boil this after you uh, stopped that lactic culture going? Yeah, so as soon as it was as sour as I wanted it, I uh, did about a fifteen minute boil with just a handful of whatever hops I had around for about four IBU, and just to um, pitch yeah, basically just to kill off all the lacto, make sure it didn't get any more sour. And that way I could also use any of my um, uh, carboys. You know, I didn't have to worry about uh, lacto-infection in my little brewery. How long did your fermentation take? Pretty quick, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a, you know, three, maybe three and a half percent beer. It was real quick. Cool. By the time you're finished pouring the yeast in, it's done. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, no, this is really nice. Have you entered this in any comps? No, actually, those are the last bottles I have of it, so i got to uh, reprove it. Uh, make more. I bet you can win. You should be able to win a ribbon with this. This is really nice. Great. I appreciate that. Yeah, I enjoy it a lot, too. It, it, it tastes just like you're eating uh, little slices of pineapple, which I love. Delicate <laughs> slices of pineapple with white bread. <laughs> right, delicate. Well, it's like a pineapple sandwich, but I didn't want to give away my secret recipe for my, my lunch food. Patrick, do you have any other questions for these handsome young men? Um, I guess just one, um, what uh, should I be looking for in a fruit beer, I guess? Um, I, I think you kind of went over it, like less fruit maybe, uh, more uh, base beer forward, but, you know, kind of how do you score well in a fruit beer um, category? Balance category. and freshness of, freshness of the fruit flavor are key. So uh, what was your fruit source, could I ask? Did you get it at a grocery store? Did you grow it there, or uh, where did you get it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was just a whole pineapple, one pineapple um, cubed, and I froze it and then thawed it um, one per gallon, basically. Cool. One pineapple per gallon. One per gallon? Wow. You mean like 10 yeah. pineapples for a 10-gallon batch? Yeah, but this was, I, I, I'm, I'm brewing on a really small scale, so I only had a gallon. Oh, that's an <laughs> awful lot of, I mean, that's, a, pineapple's probably, you know, a couple quarts worth of volume right there. Yeah. That's interesting. So actually, that was kind of. I would never have thought that, that was much. Something, so yeah. That was actually something I was commenting on my notes. Remember I was saying I thought it was a little light or watery in the body? It, it, do you account for the volume of the liquid coming out of the pineapple when you're calculating your terminal mm. gravity on this? Uh, no, no, I didn't. Because it's 
probably adding a significant amount of liquid and volume into the beer. Right. Once it gets eaten apart by the... I mean, I assume you're putting it in the fermenter and the yeast are probably going to town on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I probably left it on for about a week and um, then just racked it off. Yeah. I'm actually surprised the pineapple flavor didn't come out stronger than it did, but that's... It it, it really worked. It was nice. So are you saying if he, if he wanted to cut back on that wateriness or whatever, he would he would just bump his gravity up a couple of points, maybe a couple, two, yeah, three points? Yeah, maybe shoot for a slightly higher starting gravity with the understanding it's going to get diluted out a bit by mm-hmm. the liquid coming out of the pineapple. I mean, it's not okay, like yeah. you're off anything here, but right. if you want to bump the body up a touch, which might help, that you could try that. Okay. Cool. Well, I really enjoyed it, Patrick. Thank you very much for, for sending us your last bottles. I we, must have heard a little bit. We all enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course, man. Uh, good luck with, uh, yeah, definitely, like uh, Lee said, enter this thing, man. Yeah, now we have an excuse to come to Florida, man. <laughs> <laughs> Besides <laughs> Disney World, I mean, that's why. That's what you mean. Yeah, all right, of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Patrick. Thanks a lot, bud. Appreciate it. Cheers. All right, have a good one, guys. All right, you too. Later. It was very pleasant. I really enjoyed that beer. He was a ple- pleasant individual as well. That's true. Uh, uh, I think we have a couple, uh, at least one more bottle, I think, right? Oh, <laughs> and we don't have any more bottles, guys. Uh, all right, uh, we're going to take a break, and then we come back, we're going to do our little rundown of uh, who did what and who could do what to make a better beer, uh, if that's even possible. I don't even know anymore. And um, we will see you guys on the other side of the jump. Hang on a second. Dr. Homebrew. That's it. I putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contract, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner nico brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small single orders spot buys or full contracts and there's only one place to join the uber special secret elite bare bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere holy shit nicobrew.com n-i-k-o-b-r-e-w nico brew your bare bones buddy in the brewing business Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Back to the examination. Hey, 
right, it's Dr. Homebrew. Welcome back, everybody. We're just talking about that wonderful pineapple barley wine we just had. Mm. <laughs> I think Lee's a little hammered. He's hanging out with the Martians a little bit early on before he came in here, so... Riding that night train. Uh, All the way out here, yep. Just for the guys out front. <laughs> uh, all right, so this is the part of the show where we kind of uh, just review the two beers that we had and... Um, you know, oops, that was a little short. Sorry about that. Uh, where we reviewed the beers that we had, and then um, you uh, remember the uh, tips and tricks and whatever we had, the suggestions that the guys had uh, on how to improve them, make it a little better, up that score a little bit. That's really what we're all about. So, uh, Brian, since uh, you have an iPad in front of you, it's black right now, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll turn on the screen, power it up, get those <laughs> tubes firing. Um, Oh, and it's on Berliner Weiss. Yeah. Oh, perfect. We're talking about the ESB. Yeah, that's um, from the ESB record. That, you know, that was Drew's is, ESB. Drew's ESB had a lot going for it, and it was a very, uh, you know, the balance overall was pretty pretty nice between the, the ingredients. Uh, the bitterness was just a little high on that, maybe for the style that it, or a little rough, actually. Um, you could um, make sure you're using, you know, really fresh hops and a variety that, that works with the style. It sounds like he, uh, he was experimenting with hops a little bit. Maybe try different ones the next time, and uh, if you're, you know whatever you're bittering with on that. If it was that Calypso, try something different. Uh, use an EKG or, or something more classic, or go a little more experimental on another side. Use the North Down or some you know Fuggles or some other English um, hop you want to bitter with. Hey, have fun with it. Um, and it was a little hot, uh, just a touch hot, but not not super distracting. Just a little bit of warmth in the back of the throat. You can have a little bit of alcohol warmth, but. To me, it was a little, a little excessive and a little alcoholic flavor. So, um, some higher alcohols going on there. Keep that yeast happy. If you if you have a smack fa- a smack pack that's questionable, um, maybe just get a new one or grow it up a couple generations and and uh, make sure it gets nice and happy. But uh, overall, pretty good ESP. Seem like seem like use the right ingredients, uh, especially malt wise. So yeah, um, you know, it's got to have that Maris Otter happiness. Cheers, good beer. Hey, Maris Outer Happiness. I forgot what I said earlier. I, I'm gonna lose yeah, all my all right. my catchphrases are not consistent. We should work on that. Got to catch a phrase. <laughs> Lee, what about you? ESB. ESB. Um, yeah, I would say if you're gonna make an ESB, stick with English ingredients, which he did for the yeast, he did for the malt, and they both came through very nicely. Um, although the yeast was maybe a little bit in the hot side in the ferment, which we talked about a fair amount, you know, getting the right pitch rate and temperature. Um, it sounded like his yeast might have been a little bit knocked back by its mail-order delivery, sitting out in his front porch for a while in the sun. Um, but the the reason I would say he used the British ingredients is the Calypso hops that he put in the... Um, did he say he uh, did a mash hop on them? Um Pretty fruit-forward, modern, sort of West Coast, well, not English hop. Um, you try that with an EKG or a Fuggles, and you'll probably do get a beer that's a little more true to style. Mm. I mean, it's basically, if you want to impress us as it's being an English-type beer, that's, what's, that's what you should use. Okay. Um, and that's not to say that the English these days aren't having fun throwing Cascades and Centennial and <laughs> Apollo into their, their beers and seeing how they come out. Um and I definitely have made ESBs using Cascades, and I'll drink the shit out of it, but I wouldn't expect it would ever win a ribbon because it just doesn't taste terribly English. Um, so you're kind of stuck in that conundrum there. If you if you want to come across as being a real ESB, I would stick with English hops. Um, 
Otherwise, you're sort of playing with category 23 sort of thing, English beer, American hops, and those are always a little tough to pull off. Mm-hmm. Other than that, um, yeah, watch, watch, watch the health of that yeast. And if your delivery guy's doing bad things to them, you may need to coddle them up a bit once you get them home to get them growing and healthy and make sure you got the right amount. Talk about the yeast, not the delivery guy. The right? yeast. Yeah. You can handle the delivery guy however you want, <laughs> but I'm talking about the yeast. Give him beer. Right? All right, and then uh, Patrick's wonderful Berliner Weiss. The Berliner Weiss, the beer I approached with fear. It was actually very nice. Uh, light, delicate, um, nice pineapple flavor. There was nothing like the sort of overbearing pineapple juice sort of pungency I was expecting. It was really good balance. I am almost at a loss to tell them how to improve it. But the one thing I would say is maybe compensate for the volume of the liquid from that pineapple, that whole pineapple you threw into that gallon of beer when, in the fermenter. Um, when you're doing your calculations on this, because it seemed to, even for Berliner Weiss, for me, it was pushing the light end of the style. It almost seemed a bit watery. Mm-hmm. Um, the things he was using RO water, maybe a little bit of calcium or something, just some calcium chloride or something in there, just to give a little bit of a little bit of that flavor might help. It might improve the yeast health too. Although I don't think they had a challenge fermenting this three percent beer. <laughs> um, and you know, the extra sugar that comes out of that pineapple is going to ferment out and lighten it up too. You know, it makes alcohol. So it's, right. it's, it's like everything is pointing at a really, really light beer here. To me, it, the first time I tried it seemed a little watery. The second time, not so much. It's kind of right in the threshold there. Other than that, I, I think it's a brilliant beer. It's a very good one. Well done. We, we were drinking Imperial Stout before we tried it. So, um, yeah, maybe that's part of why it seemed light, <laughs> light at first. Um, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> The heretic stuff that dropped in here. Um, anyway, yeah, really nice beer. I, I enjoyed it a lot, and I was surprised to hear how much fruit was in it. But uh, if that's the recipe that works for you, you know, go with it on that front. The the pineapple did uh, did hold up well. So um, I was going to say something, and I just forgot. And I, <laughs> when I decided to throw in the uh, the the uh, Russian imperial stout joke, then I lost my. Uh, well, it was train worth of it. thought, but anyway, it was worth it. I'll tell you, really that. wonderful job on this beer, and uh, you know, kind of surprises with a couple things there. The water, you know, it it doesn't seem like it would be an RO water in there, and and it's uh, but it's just clean and refreshing, and maybe that's again part of it. Again, whatever whatever ends up working, and it sounds like Patrick has done his homework and uh, experimented with different souring routines, regimens, and to get it just right. And yeah. I think what he's doing is working. You know, take that and and you can experiment with different fruits even and, and see what else works with, with it. Um, it's a nice beer and, and uh, it is it is becoming more popular. Oh, the thing I was going to say is that this is uh, the kind of beer that in Berlin, as m- you know, many people, long-time listeners of the show will know, is... Uh, f- flavored with uh, syrups most commonly when you order one there. If you order it just straight, they might look at you funny. But um, it's usually, it, it can come with uh, a Himbeer, a uh, raspberry syrup, or a uh, Waldmeister, uh, a Woodruff syrup, or there's other kinds too, I think. But th- this is the, the nice Berliner Weiss that comes pre-fruited for your, your enjoyment. You don't, it's the lazy man's Berliner Weiss. I love it. It just comes with the fruit in it, right in balance where you want it. You don't have the to do flavoring anything. is all there, everything you want. It's There's right no there. There's no stirring. Pour it in a glass, drink it. It's right. Done. Right. Good job. It's not lazy. It's just awesome. Woo. All right. Well, this has been another fantabulous edition of Dr. Homebrew. I'd like to thank our sho- our, our sponsor, our show sponsor, Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com. Check them out. Grab some PBW. Grab some gloves. 
protect your hands, man. Uh, also, Brewtug. Go to Brewtug.com slash Dr. Homebrew for all the recipes that you can that you heard about on the... Uh, what did we do? We did a show on a radio show tonight. I'd like to thank uh, the guys who sent in some beer, Patrick and Charles, uh, or Drew, Drew, rather, whatever. Uh, pe- you know, people have different names on, on emails sometimes. Like, it was Charles, and then on his Skype thing was Drew, and, and uh, it happened the other day. A couple other people, I just, I never know anymore, so... Just call you thing one and thing two and see how it comes out. Whatever you like, Susan. <laughs> uh, but Latin, last but not least, uh, thank you to my co-hosts and uh, uh, members of Team Handsome, Brian and Lee over here. Thank you guys very much Thanks for that, the lo- this lovely beers. gal who brought us water. Yes, thank you, thank you, Taryn. You're you're a lifesaver, mainly because you brought my phone back to me. Um, all right, everybody, it's Doctor Homebrew. Catch us later. Uh, goodbye.